We draw our thoughts today, uh, message-wise, from the from the reading out of 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 1, verses uh, 1 through 8. And I would say for probably the third time today, good morning, and on this first... Th- on this first Sunday in Advent. Advent is a shorter season in the life of the church. Now, albeit it's a shorter season, it is hardly an insignificant season. Advent is a time of reflection and preparation before the feast of our Lord's incarnation, that that evening in Bethlehem. In Advent, it's both spiritually, both spiritually healthy and beneficial uh, to consider why Christ came into the world. Now, by faith and by rote, the typical believer will tell you uh, quite handily and quickly the reason uh, that Christ came is that so whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But I'd like us to consider uh, the words of our epistle this morning. And our epistle gives additional consideration to the purpose of his coming. Uh, declaring that Christ's mission to planet Earth was not only a redemptive mission, but it was a conformational uh, mission. This is an aspect that's often overlooked during this time and season of Advent. Uh, He came not only to redeem us, but that we might be conformed to the image of of God. A lifetime ago, when I was a pastor in the Church of God, a sister church of the assemblies from which Father Scott hails from, our bishops understood that there were congregations that otherwise loved and served God uh, with all their heart, soul, and being, but might find themselves, if, if, you'll, if you'll allow the expression, off the rails, uh, doctrinally and, and in need of correction. And in her polity, the Church of God spoke of this as setting a church in order. The Church of Cor- Corinth was one such church. They loved God's word. They loved him. They loved his word. They welcomed his spirit and celebrated in their midst. They sought to be salt and light to their world, yet they were in the throes of some level of spiritual dysfunction on a number number of levels. Uh, Misunderstandings, uh, misteachings, any number of things. St. Paul recognized that this was a a disordered church that needed to be set in order if she were to thrive and be effective for the gospel. In his, in his greeting, St. Paul reminds their, the Corinthians of their standing as children in the kingdom. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and our brother Sosthenes, to the church that is in Corinth and to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those in every place call upon, who call upon the name of the Lord Christ Jesus Christ, Christ, both as their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In Paul's greeting here, he sets off in declaring that and speaking to the deposit of grace that was entrusted to 
to those in Corinthians to be set apart from the world system that surrounded them and to be mystically gathered, if you'll have it, together with all the saints in every place and every time. You see that gathering, uh, that gathering that Paul speaks of here was not a a contemporary gathering of the first century. They were gathered to us as we're gathered to the underground church in China and to God's church in every time and every place. Uh, Paul held great faith and truth, and it is why he proclaimed numerous times and places uh, that there is neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free man, but rather a diversive unity under the kingship of, of Christ Jesus. And because the Father foreordained us uh, to be one under the Son, we have to accept the idea that a divided, strife-torn church is a grievous issue before God. And Paul, shortly after the, his opening words, uh, took this division to task when he spoke to the, the factions that were following different people. Uh, rather than placing their their eyes on the same target. And a call, a call in Advent is for us as saints to consider our calling as saints in reference to other saints. Now, I've stated this uh, times past in conversation and, and in, from the pulpit. Christianity is not an individual event. Christianity, if you'll have it, is a team sport. Well, the God who knows the number of our days redeemed us as individuals. We're called to live out that redemption in community. And while it's true in the season we're, of COVID, we're compelled to be uh, into more solitary lives. If your heart's like my heart, my heart longs for the community of our church the shared communion of being in that band united under the banner of king. Paul continues to testify to the spiritual bounty that was shed upon the Corinthians. I give thanks to my God always for you because by the, of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and knowledge even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking any gift, but as you wait in the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was recognizing that the God's Holy Spirit was moving in and through the saints in Corinth. Uh, and he publicly offers up praise to God, acknowledging too that the agent that it was through the agency of God's sovereign grace that this was happening. But he would also serve to remind the hearer and us by extension that all he was about to acknowledge was not the result of effort or works on on the part of any of the Corinthians. God alone chose to move as he did in Corinth. And in Advent, we pause, as we pause, rather, 
we'll apprehend the chain of events in the, in the incarnation of the Almighty. He came that we might be made fit vessels to receive the love of the Father. And in return, in, in his return to glory, he deployed another custom, co another comforter who would come alongside to equip and empower the believer. Paul noted that through the grace of the Almighty, the word of God was being proclaimed, and the knowledge that word was increasing. And while later in this letter, he would address the sometimes inordinate uses of these gifts, it was clear that there were saints faithfully preaching and saints who were growing in grace as a result. In fact, Paul continued in reminding them that they were being fully equipped for the service and the kingdom and lacking no spiritual gift at all. St. Paul concludes with the assurance that, in, that the Christ of the first advent would keep and sustain these saints until Christ Jesus returned in his second advent. This is a promise that we can be assured of. And while we may vary in our opinion of what the second advent may look like, when or how will it occur, we are assured of its certainty nonetheless. And for this reason, whenever we gather, whether for morning prayer or for celebration of the Eucharist, we continue to proclaim that he will come return to judge the living and the dead. And the Nicene Creed further assures that his kingdom will not end. And that kingdom that is returning, the saints in Corinth, like the saints of all saints, Woodbridge, have the assurance of, of God's word that we who love God and serve his, serve his purpose will be sustained until that moment and kept to that. So today, just as we have the invitation on Ash Wednesday to a Holy Lent, I'd like to extend an invitation to you this morning to a holy, reflective, and intentional Advent season where we consider the Christ who came, the Christ who walked among us, the Christ who said it is finished, when our redemption was accomplished and the Christ who rose victoriously back to the, the living. We, we pray and we ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.